Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com/activecash. Welcome to a new week here on Bet the Edge. Drew Dinsick and I'm Sarah Perlman with you. And coming up on today's show, 13-year MLB veteran Randy Wynn is here to break down the Dodgers and the Giants game tonight. We'll also discuss who he likes to come out of the AL and the NL. We have the prop king, Von Delzell, with us today, where he sees value on the board, including in tonight's matchup between the Colts and Baltimore Ravens. And stick around until the very end as we have our edge of the day. All that, so much more coming up right here on Bet the Edge, powered by PointsBet. Drew, good morning. Happy Monday. New week here on Bet the Edge. We will get to the NFL and how our weeks went in a second. But how are we doing? What's the energy like on this Monday? How was your weekend? Well, uh, the weekend, just from an enjoyment standpoint, was fantastic. Although, from a gambling standpoint, yeah. this is what we call a, a get-back week. Uh, I'm going to have to grind out some winning plays to make up for a very rough weekend on the gridiron. I felt like uh, Deontay Wilder looked at the end of that fight on Saturday. Uh, after uh, the Bills beat down the Chiefs last night. Um, a couple of really tough losses uh, for me during the day, uh, particularly in that uh, 4 o'clock hour with the Niners blowing the cover at the end and the uh, and the Browns not being able to put away the Chargers. Those two hurt, but uh, ultimately I thought uh, I thought overall we got fair results this week in general. Uh, it was a sloppy week. We have a lot of injuries to try to digest. Some very important ones, I would say, starting on Thursday with uh, mm -hmm. losing Russell Wilson for uh, an extended period of time here. The balance of power in the AFC has shifted pretty aggressively now with the Chargers having a meaningful lead over the Chiefs in the AFC West. That puts the Chiefs on their heels because the Chiefs end the season on the road, on the road. Back-to-back -back road games to end the season, which means if they go in as a wild card, they are going to have to win something like five games in a row on the road to get to the Super Bowl. Uh, that's a very, very tough ask, even for a team that is as talented as they are with a player like Mahomes. So if the Chargers can continue their winning ways, uh, that really does change the balance of power in the AFC, which is exciting. It definitely is an exciting time with the change of balance of power, as you alluded to, but... For a lot of people, they had a great weekend on the betting slate because we would like to say a lot of people love overs. People like Rudy, boy, did they have that. Ten games hit the over this week for week five in the NFL. I look now, four underdogs, one outright, three on the road. The Bills plus three, one outright, of course. The Eagles took down the Panthers, covered as the two-and-a-half-point underdog. And the Bears, Justin Fields and company, beat the Raiders. Maybe the Raiders uh, are who we thought they were. Uh, they covered outright, of course, one outright. They were five-and-a-half-point dogs. And the Steelers took down the Broncos as one-point underdogs. I just want to pour one out here. I'm pretty happy with the New Orleans Saints. I'll just say that was my biggest was win. I was happy with that result. That was probably the best. The Cowboys and Giants, of course, that was a great 
great game. Cowboys, Drew, you really came on and talked about them last week and their offense. And we just love that. Their offense is one of the best in the NFL. And they are the clear favorite in their division, and rightfully so. I am curious real quick here, Drew, on that team taking down the Giants. Maybe not the best matchup, but overall, the Cowboys are rolling. Yeah, uh, and they're doing it in a way that uh, looks sustainable. Honestly, yeah. um, there has been some fluky defensive stuff, you know, the trade, the digs, uh, you know, interceptions every week. You can't expect that to continue. Eventually, they'll stop throwing his direction. But the offensive side of the football is clicking on all cylinders right now for Dallas. They have a very dynamic one two punch at running back to put away these leads, which is pretty huge shift to, from what we've seen from them in the past where they were kind of fighting it out score for score to the end of games. Uh, and then I, I guess as long as this offensive line stays healthy, that's sort of the nucleus of this team. That's going to afford Dak Prescott time to pick defenses apart. And he's got, uh, you know, he's got an unbelievable set of weapons firing on all cylinders right now. So exciting to see what the Cowboys are doing. They're going to get a bunch of primetime games as we come down the next stretch yeah. of the season. Their schedule is easy. Uh, this Cowboys team is going to threaten the Bucks for the one seed in the NFC, I think. They absolutely are. Complete agreement there. So that was a big win. Overall, as Drew said, it's a get-right week here on Bet the Edge, some of our plays. that didn't come home, so we'll be doing that. It's a get-right week for me, but you did quite well. Let's not uh, bury the lead here. Your Cowboys play was solid. I did have a Your Justin Herbert MVP love is very warranted. Just because I had a good week does not mean if you didn't, we we level out here. It's a get-right week. You know what I'm saying? If we're a team, if you don't have a good week, I don't have a good week. And that's how I feel about it. Now, the NFL season is in full swing, and the NBC Sports Predictor app has you covered with Sunday Night 7. Predict what will happen between the Seahawks and Steelers on Sunday night for a chance to win up to $100,000. It's free and easy to play. Download today from your app store or visit NBCSports.com predictor. We will get back to the NFL in just a second, but we have Randy Wynn, former Major League Baseball player. We welcome him in to talk all about the Major League Baseball playoffs. And we're going to start with the team that he not only played for, he now covers for NBC Sports Bay Area. It is the San Francisco Giants in the Los Angeles Dodgers series all tied up here, 1-1. We could certainly make the case that they are two of the best teams in Major League Baseball. And it does kind of seem like Whoever wins tonight has a clear edge for the series, and whoever wins the series has a clear edge to win the World Series, ultimately, Randy. So I'll leave it to you. Crucial matchup tonight. They have an awesome pitching matchup with Max Scherzer and Alex Wood. How are you breaking this one down? Where is the ultimate edge for tonight? Well, first of all, thanks for having me on, Sarah, Drew. Um, you guys talking about all this football. Football? It's baseball <laughs> season. Let's go. It's playoffs. And what better matchup to start off with than the rivalry giants dodgers in the postseason this has never happened this is huge bay area fans la fans they're losing their minds this is going to be a great series as evidenced by the first two games and tonight you've got max scherzer the postseason hero a guy who's really heavy in the mix for the cy young this year versus alex wood who this season had a ridiculous record after losses. At one point, he was 10 and 0. So, Giants very confident with Alex Wood on the hill. He's been their street stopper. He's pitched a lot of games on that mound in LA. Very comfortable down there, knows that lineup. And of course, Max Scherzer, how can you not want this guy on the hill for your team? Pitched just okay in the wild card game, but he is Max Scherzer. So, you've got to figure that he's going to come in and be able to shut down an offense. What I think the key thing that I'm looking at is the Dodgers lineup versus Alex Wood. In game one, 
Um, Logan Webb was super aggressive and he was able to put the Dodgers lineup on their heels a little bit. Game two, Kevin Gosman fell behind 10 out of the first 13 batters. Um, he threw ball one and you saw a different Dodgers lineup. So for Alex Wood to have success, he needs to be super aggressive. He needs to pound the zone with strike one. He is a slider pitcher. The Dodgers know that. So they're going to try to take that pitch away. But on the flip side, he's got to get ahead to be able to expand with that slider. So that's the thing that I'm looking at. Dodgers offense versus Alex Wood. Is Alex Wood able to get ahead? Or can the Dodgers be super patient and get that pitch that they're looking for? Uh, it's going to be a great one. It's not this, this is not the, you know, this is uh, about the same line that we saw in the wild card game for Scherzer. Uh, obviously, that one did not go cleanly. That was a very, um, uh, very close call for the Dodgers in that game. Uh, we saw this open up Dodgers minus 189. It got bet out to, uh, you know, bet out past uh, the current line. It's come back some to Dodgers currently sitting at minus 216 on the money line. That uh, there's there might be a little bit more push pull here because I do I have seen some uh, some people with opinions that uh, that the Giants are live in this game in this matchup in this series. Uh, and really, as Sarah mentioned off the top, this does feel pretty consequential. Of course, uh, you know. We, we have some other games that are true elimination games today, so we don't want to completely gloss over that and say that this is the most important game. But but pretty clearly, um, you know, this is a pivotal game for this series and for the NL path here. Are we making too much of this series and are we looking past potentially a Brewers Braves matchup, which has been equally entertaining and are actually two relatively complete teams? Honestly, the Brewers and the Braves are tremendous teams. I got a chance to call them on radio here in the Bay Area. Got to see them up close. Um, when you're talking about the Brewers, look at that pitching, starting pitching. Corbin Burns, who's absolutely filthy. Brandon Woodruff, equally as filthy. Peralta, who was an all-star, who's had some injury stuff. He's back on the mound tonight. Um, and then you go to the Braves. And, and Charlie Morton, Max Fried um, are equally nasty as their counterparts over there in Milwaukee. So you can't gloss over those teams because they are equally good. Um, the Brewers' offense isn't anything real sexy. They score enough runs to match their pitching staff. And the Braves, they have an infield full of mashers. You go around the diamond, those guys are really good. And Adam Duvall out there in the outfield, sneaky good season, over 30 home runs, over 100 RBIs. But really, honestly, when you're talking about it, I think the two best teams in the National League and potentially the two best teams in all of baseball are from the NL West. Giants, 107 wins. Dodgers, 106 wins. I think they have the most complete rosters in the game. I kind of highlighted the pitchers with Max Scherzer and Alex Wood, but Walker Bueller, Urias, who had a tremendous season, 20 wins, Gosman, Webb. And then you got the back end of the bullpens on both of these teams. I talked about great pitching, always beats great offense. The National League has great pitching and starters, but the Dodgers, when you talk about the back end, they got Knable, they got uh, Jansen, they got Trinan, they've got an embarrassment of riches. And on the Giants side, they've got uh, uh, McGee, they've got uh, Duvall, who's come in in September and just been lights out. Um, so they've got some back-end arms as well. Those are the two most complete teams on the offensive side. You, you, the Dodgers led the uh, league in runs and RBIs. The Giants led it home runs. So both teams capable of scoring runs, both teams capable of shutting teams down. They're the most complete teams. I think the winner of that series is the team to keep your eye on. 
Uh, we're in complete agreement. And for the reasons, they're the most complete teams. And to your point, and obviously you've played, you're familiar with this, uh, pitching does dominate in the postseason. Right now, the Dodgers plus 120 to win the National League. Then it's the Giants, so they're, of course, playing series tied up plus 280. Then the Brewers, then the Braves. Before we let you go, Randy, I do need to get your opinion on the American League because – as you mentioned, the pitching is so strong for both the Giants and the Dodgers. What we're seeing, for example, in the Rays and Red Sox game, if you watched that yesterday, is quite the contrary. And they went through their bullpens. I'll be curious to see how they rebound now. But their offense, it kind of seems like whoever's at home and gets to hit in the bottom of the ninth probably comes out on top. And that's how that's shaking through. So different styles of play. A lot of big home run hitters, especially in the American League, whether you look at the Astros and Chicago White Sox as well. Who do you like to come out of the American League in that style of play? Uh, you're right. It, it's two contrasting styles, National League versus American League. And the American League is all about offense. It's all about the boppers. And it's not just because they have the DH. Yes, that helps. But they have some stacked lineups. And that forces pitching staffs to act accordingly. It, it, we're seeing more of bullpen games in the American League. But the team that I like, the team that I've got my eye on, is the Houston Astros. And I have to give a huge nod to Dusty Baker a year ago, a year and a half ago, there was a lot of noise around the Houston Astros. I'm not going to go into that. We can go down <laughs> a rabbit hole on that, but there was a lot of noise around the Houston Astros and Dusty Baker came in. He quieted the noise. He righted the ship. And now it's all about baseball in Houston and they are playing some great baseball. Jose Altuve is playing like MVP Jose Altuve. He's changing the game, not only offensively, he made a ton of great defensive plays game two, and he just has the ability to change the game, whether he's on base, whether he's got a glove on, or whether he has a bat in his hand. And the rest of the lineup, where who do you pitch to? You don't want to pitch to any of those guys. You know, Correa, Bregman, Alvarez, Brantley, the list goes on and on. Gurriel, who won the batting title, the list goes on and on. That is the team I would be very, very wary of. They have enough pitching to complement that offense. Dusty Baker's doing a tremendous job. Um, no disrespect to Kevin Cash and the Rays, but I think Dusty's done a great job coming in there. They're the team I have the eye on. They're playing with confidence. They're playing with swagger. They're hot. They believe in themselves. And that offense, I don't know who you'd want to pitch to in a big situation. Now, Randy, you are a member of the inaugural Tampa Bay Rays team. Wait, as oh, they hold on. Yes. Devil Tampa, Rays. Tampa Bay Brown. Devil Rays. Tampa Brown. Bay Devil Rays. <laughs> <laughs> Inaugural team member. Yes. Does Rays Nation have hope? Are they going to win this coin flip of a game tonight and send it back to St. Pete for uh, a game five? Yes. I think they win this game. That series, I mean, I, every, I, I, I'm trying to flip and watch multiple games. And every time I flip and then flip back, somebody scored more runs. I mean, it is absolutely amazing. They don't have the big names, uh, the Rays, but gosh, year in, year out, they just win. They have different players come in. They make great, good trades. You look at like Glasnow, Meadows, the guys that they've brought in, some young players in that lineup that have contributed heavily to the success of the Rays. Um, I, I like what they're doing down there. And it's not just because I played for that franchise. I, I really like what they're doing. They've got such a great young core and they seem to make tremendous additions year in and year out they're clutch they've got good pitching the bullpen they don't have the the starting arms but you know starting a couple of years ago they were all about the bullpen and shortening games so if they get a lead they've got guys in that back end of the bullpen that are going to shut it down 
Yeah, the edge goes to them today after they burned through both bullpens yesterday, as I mentioned, Randy. And now the argument would come down to who has the better pitchers available. I think it is the Rays, but that's an awesome, fantastic back and forth series. Randy, have fun uh, covering the San Francisco Giants for the rest of the season. Best of luck for your team tonight. And of course, best of luck on air with NBC Sports Bay Area throughout the playoffs. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn on what you want, like trying out that new workout class, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like a foam roller for your sore muscles. That's the beauty of the Active Cash credit card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash credit card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Playoffs have been really solid so far. I'm excited to see how today shakes through. Um, we do appreciate you guys listening to us here on Bet the Edge and joining us wherever you're listening or watching. Be sure to sign up. We're giving you the most actionable information every single weekday, 30 minutes or less. The lines move fast, so sign up so you can gain an edge with us. And be sure to hit us up on Twitter. We love hearing from you and all that you have to say about the world of betting. So if you have some hot tips to help me get right this week, the get back, it starts today. Get back <laughs> week. If you have some hot tips, drop them in my inbox. I would much appreciate that. You can reach me at whale underscore capper and Sarah is available at Sarah Perlman. You want to get back week and someone to get you back in that spot? There's a guy I know. It's Von Delzell. The prop king himself is joining us. And let's stay with baseball here first, Von, because we just had a former Major League Baseball player come on and Randy Wynn and help us break down the series that are currently going on in both the ALDS and NLDS. And I know as the prop king, you always have your eye on some strikeout props. So let's hear it for today. What are you targeting? Yeah, I don't know how I could follow up a former MLB player on this show, but you guys made me do, I think, two weeks in a row now. So uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Um, but I, I'm excited for baseball today. Um, had a rough Sunday in football, but baseball's been super strong still, over 40 units on the season. So nice. we rule today, Freddie Peralta, over five and a half Ks. I like this one. He's already seen the Braves once this season. He totally dismantled this lineup. He has good numbers against this lineup, which is most important. Looking over hit rates, which everyone knows I'm, I'm a very, very big into hit rates. He's been phenomenal this season when he makes it five innings. That's really what I'm looking for today against this Atlanta Braves team because Brandon Woodruff and Corbin Burns already hit the over on their strikeout props. Well, over five and a half strikeouts. Corbin Burns was set at eight and a half, way too high, hit the under. But they both did six and seven. Okay, but when Peralta goes five innings on the season, he is 17 and two to the over five and a half strikeouts. That's an 89% hit rate. And he's also one of the best percentile strikeout guys when it comes to K percent, whiff rate, all that. And he'll face Ian Anderson today, 
who struck out 29 times out of 37 at bats, the, the <laughs> pitcher for the Braves. So hopefully we see him twice, but if we see him once, I think that's one good strike out there. So I like Peralta over five and a half Ks. Very good. If anyone who was with us all summer knows that uh, you had a dead read on the Braves over Ks all summer long. I feel like you mm -hmm. must have, you gave us eight, ten squad. winners. I lost count at some point. Um, <laughs> so we'll, back to the well with one more over uh, against the Braves before the Brewers send them packing. We heard from uh, Randy Wynn just now uh, about uh, Alex Wood's approach for the Giants likely being more aggressive, uh, getting those early early strikes in. We saw kind of a tale of two offenses from the Dodgers so far this series when you had them on an advantage count versus when you were pitching behind. Mm -hmm. And uh, I completely agree with that assessment. Does that present some angle in looking at Alex Wood's over K prop? Definitely. I mean, he's seen this team three times already. He's crushed this line three times already this season. And he used to play for this team as well. I mean, he was a member of the squad last year, so you should feel pretty confident going against a bunch of guys that you shared a locker room with last season. But as Randy said, getting ahead of the count is the most important thing against this Dodgers team because they are stacked all across the lineup. There's no, there's no denying that. There's no getting around that. But it is getting that early thing. And when you go up against guys like Cody Bellinger, uh, you have to you have to attack guys like that because he is one of the worst hitters right now in baseball. He continues to strike out. And then you got Max Scherzer as well. I already harped on Max Scherzer last time I came on here when he comes up to bat. This dude hasn't got a hit all season. He has one sack fly in the last two years. I mean, he has 30, 40 strikeouts, no hit at all. Uh, he's almost a guaranteed K. So we need to see him twice today as well here. But I like Alex Wood because when he goes at least four innings, which is not much to ask for, four innings, 19 and four to the over this season, 82% hit rate. So going against his former squad, throws a lot of some breaking balls, can get get the work to change up, get his fastball established. As long as he gets that first strike, 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 like Randy Wynn said, uh, I think we're going to be good. So I like Woods over four and a half Ks, and I would have played at five and a half today, honestly. Wow. So you're getting minus 105. It's funny when we talk about Max Scherzer and him striking out himself, um, not throwing strikes. We're talking about him at bat. That's hilarious. But you're right. Mm -hmm. He's probably going to get two at bats today. Yeah. I guess the reason people take the under in these spots, Vaughn, is, is only because they think if the pitcher's not doing well, they're going to get pulled early. And of yeah. course, and these props tend not I've to come. that. Yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, I, it's definitely not very smart to be playing a lot of overs in October baseball, right. but there are some good spots in the Braves are a team that you can usually, you know, get some K's on like that. And the Dodgers are tough, but we've hit on unders. Let's get some overs today. Well, I, over I love this look. I love this look. I think when you have a pitcher that knows the hitters that he's facing and knows their tendencies and what they like to hit, I think the edge always goes to the pitchers. Yeah. To be honest. Plus it's uh, this isn't, this is a, a neutral situation because it's one, one, yeah. if this was an elimination game, the hook yes. could be very quick and that's really where you want to be more careful. But uh, here Agreed. tonight, I think both of these teams are going to press these guys. Without a doubt. I love both of these looks. Um, but let's go to football for a second because we do have a game tonight. The Ravens, of course, playing the Indianapolis Colts. Ravens are favored and we're on the same page. I got some notes that you were looking at. And later for my edge of the day, I will talk about Lamar Jackson. But I know you have your eye on a prop for him. And if you look at his edge projection, everything for Lamar Jackson says take the over tonight. What exactly are you targeting for him? Yeah, likewise. Right now, the Colts are allowing the best quarterback rate to NFL opposing quarterbacks right now. So, I mean, you are looking at Lamar Jackson, a guy that's hit his over on passing yards every single game. He's over passing and rushing every single game. So I'm going to go back on the passing and rushing because I think that he's going to have a good day rushing. I like his 60 and a half rushing total, but with the passing and the injuries that the Colts secondary may be having tonight, um, now they are going to be down one corner at least. They might be looking at another D back or two. 
So those are important things to look at when you're betting on a quarterback. But I like Lamar Jackson's over passing and rushing yards at 290, 291 and a half, whatever you can get it at. Our model has him at 333. He's had 38 passes or runs in every game. And as Latavius Murray and Le'Veon Bell, Devontae Freeman, these guys continue to learn the playbook. Lamar Jackson continues to have a presence running and passing the football. He's getting receivers back. His receivers are looking good so far. I like Lamar Jackson's overs today. I'm going to continue to ride that train as he has been hot all season long. That's fair. He got a chance to get a look at this Colts defense last year as well. He was coming into that game, coming off of a black and blue matchup against the Steelers and was carrying some injuries. So I think you are going to get, you are getting a relatively favorable price there because uh, this uh, this is a nice spot for the Ravens, Lamar. Yeah. Um, there's got to be a correlated, you know, some other ways to uh, find correlation across <laughs> the markets if we are expecting, um, in general, this Ravens offense to look good. Clearly, uh, you know, the, the chemistry that he's developing with uh, Hollywood Brown is notable. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, in general, you can bust these, uh, the two uh, high looks that the Colts love to give you. Um, you know, there are a couple of nice uh, cover two busters that the Ravens are very familiar with. Does that open up the door for another prop for us on Monday Night Football? Yeah, certainly. As you said, like Lamar Jackson is having great camaraderie with a couple guys. Marquise Brown is certainly one of them. He's been stellar all season and he's been a long play guy for them. As I said, the Colts have struggled against opposing quarterbacks, letting them usually have their way touchdown wise, completion wise, quarterback rating wise. That goes in hand with a number one receiver like Marquise Brown and his receptions over 21 and a half for longest reception. Now I like this because he's going to be able to stretch the floor or stretch the field, excuse me, against this team. Lamar Jackson's longest passing attempt prop is set at 36 and 37 and a half on most books. So they're expecting a big play. And when it comes down to that, it's either Marquise Brown, Sammy Watkins, Marquise Brown has hit this all four games this season, 29, 42, 37 and 49 yards were his four longest. And as I said earlier, if you caught on the Colts have a few injuries in the secondary, they're not totally being, honest with what's going on yeah they're going to wait until an hour before the game but i'm going to say right now this line is going to end somewhere around the 23 or 24 and a half line most likely because when people start to see these injuries in the marquise brown uh the numbers that he's put up receiving i think it's going to be worth a bet especially when our model has him to get 88 receiving yards today shattering is over 55 and a half yards so uh i'm certainly in on these ravens players and uh, i do have a prop on jonathan taylor but i'll have that on nbc sports edge so you have to go there and check that one out Ooh, a little tease to see the uh, prop on Jonathan Taylor. Also, the line's probably going to move to 23 or 24 because you just mentioned it and people are going to follow your prop <laughs> list. So you better get in that yeah, now too. if you're watching us live. <laughs> Bond, we'll, we'll be sure to check out your Jonathan Taylor prop and so much more content and analysis on mpcsportsedge.com. If you're not already, follow Vaughn on Twitter at vmoneysports. Tons of plays and, dare I say, winning plays for yourself to check out. Vaughn, thank you. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, Drew. Bounce back week starts now, baby. Let's get Bounce it. back week for Drew Dinsick, and it starts today <laughs> with Edge of the Day, Drew. Let's hear it. Yeah, going to the well with uh, my boys, the Ravens defense, uh, looking for the Colts to lit, hit the team total under 19 and a half here. Uh, the Colts offense has been poor this season. They are leaning heavily on Jonathan Taylor, getting relatively un, uh, inspiring play out of Carson Wentz, although people are trying to talk themselves into Carson Wentz's turning around in this. It, it's not it's not happening and it's not happening against this Ravens defense, which is absolutely finding its form in the last two games. Just 
utterly smothering the Detroit Lions and the uh, and the Denver Broncos, albeit with uh, you know Drew Locke out there for a lot of that game. But really, the Colts offense comes in uh, overrated, in my opinion. So far this season, they have played the Seahawks, the Rams, the Titans, and the Dolphins. Those are four relatively soft defenses now that we have a good sample to pick through and I think this is going to be a much stiffer test if they go with a run first approach against the teeth of the Baltimore Ravens defense the D-line interior D-line especially wins 1v1 against this offensive line uh, pretty regularly and uh, I would expect that they have a very difficult time getting going in this spot they scored 10 points against the Ravens defense last time they played them last season that was with Philip Rivers and uh, they are dealing with a number of injuries themselves that I think uh, puts a ton of premium on um, and ton, ton of pressure on Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz, not great in primetime games in general, a guy that notably feels the pressure. So I think that there are a number of paths to victory here for this Colts team total under, and I'll grab it even though it is at the low, low total of 19 and a half. You and your team total unders, well, it came home with uh I believe it was the Lions last time you played out a team total under that game home. I do like this. I think they're going to blitz and come after Carson Wentz as we've seen them do, and he's not going to be able to handle it. Plus, the only way to keep the Ravens off the field would be to rely on Jonathan Taylor and run the clock, and that also leads to the under 19 and a half. Another primetime prop for me, the other side, uh, Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson. Let's take a look at his passing prop. And that's sitting at 227 yards to where I am going. Uh, actually, 227 and a half. Excuse me. I'm going with the over. He passed for 316 yards against a really solid Broncos secondary last week. He has now thrown for at least 235 yards in all four of his games. Yeah. So well over his total for tonight. We heard Vaughn say this, and I'll just reiterate it. He is the only quarterback this season to hit the over on his passing yards prop in every single game. I look at our tools, our edge projection model he, that has him going for 252 passing yards. The Colts have been struggling with their pass rush, something we thought they would have an advantage in, but that's not been the case. And I think Lamar Jackson's going to have time to find the likes of Brown and Watkins, just as Vaughn came on and said. If you look at how he's done, and some people made the argument last year, he's not an elite passer. He's a great runner. Stick with the, the ground game, but he's averaging career high in passing yards per game, yards per attempt, and yards per completion. We've really seen him evolve as a better passing quarterback. So for me, I love this spot for Lamar Jackson. I think people continue to doubt his passing ability. This is a really good spot against a banged up secondary. So I will take Lamar Jackson to go over his passing prop yet again at 227 and a half, Drew. I love it. You didn't even mention Mark Andrews, who's a nice matchup against this yes. defense. You didn't even mention Rashad Bateman, who now gets brought into the mix, another weapon to rely on. So yeah, a lot of things that are looking up for Lamar Jackson in general. And uh, you're probably not going to get many more shots at a total this low on Lamar this season. So get him while you can get him. So we will take the team total under for the Colts, uh, 19 and a half. And I will take Lamar Jackson over 227 and a half. Also worth looking into Vaughn's prop with the combined rushing and passing prop. Love that look. Thanks for watching us here on NBC Sports Edge YouTube channel. We love having you guys. If not, sign up, subscribe, rate the podcast if you're listening later in the day. Good luck with all of your plays. And Drew and I will see you tomorrow as our bounce back week as a team begins. <laughs> <laughs>
Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash.